I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die historic on the Fury Road. Welcome to the Mad Max Minute, where sometimes cool guys are allowed to look at explosions in Mad Max Fury Road one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 101, which begins with Max and Furiosa sharing a significant glance. And it ends with the Doof Warrior rocking out, unaware of the Road Warrior climbing around behind him. Joining us once again are a pair of gentlemen who know all about things that self-destruct after a matter of seconds. It's Jonathan Howell and Chris Ramirez from the Minute Impossible podcast. <laughs> That's just me doing the doof. The doof Jonathan, soundtrack. Jonathan just, is the doof warrior of uh, the Minute wife, Impossible. Yeah, my wife calls me the doof a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the warrior. Yeah, no warrior stuff. Just the doof. <laughs> just the doof. I am a little disappointed that there wasn't a Mountain Dew tie-in to Mad Max Fury Road. It is so Obvious. Oh, do the doof? <laughs> doof the do? <laughs> Just throw that F on the end of it. Because <laughs> you could have gotten that. You could have gotten the big stars, but you could have gotten the doof like on his like like playing it and like when he gets tired he like just show him like oh. and then he looks to his left and there's a Mountain Dew and he drinks it and he's like nah, 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 nah. it'd be awesome. There are parts of this movie that are essentially a Mountain Dew commercial from the early 2000s. Well, George, I know you're a listener. Uh, why didn't you get them to, uh, <laughs> why didn't you ask for a product placement with uh, Mountain Dew? See, hmm? the problem is hmm? this movie didn't come out when it was originally supposed to. In the uh, early 2000s. <laughs> when they were working on it at the late 90s, early 2000s, that would have been the perfect time. Like, you remember back when the terrible Godzilla movie came out with Matthew Broderick and mm-hmm. they had all the Taco Bell tie-ins with oh. the Taco Bell dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taco Bell. I'm going to need a bigger box. You know, that yep. sort of thing. Here, lizard, lizard, lizard. So I remember obnoxious. all those like they were yesterday, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they minimize their uh, movie by doing that. So maybe you're not picking the best example. <laughs> Although we could have had a Mad Max uh, a McNugget meal or, you know, a Mad Max McDonald's meal. That would have been fun. Oh, yeah. For you know? kids. Here you go, kids. For kids, you know. You know for kids. For the cars. Kids. Those uh, little cars and stuff. Kids, you if know? you keep eating McDonald's Happy Meals, you're going to look like the people eater. So mm-hmm. go see Mad Max. Look, Mom, my people eater is, is beating up Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> Protect the wives. Protect the wives. It's not 1987, so it's not like they would have pulled a RoboCop and said, oh, we need to market this to children. Oh, can you imagine the Mad Max kids show for this now? Like look, a cartoon? Look, kids, it awesome. comes with your own spray can so you can have a Mortan Joe witness you. <laughs> <laughs> All these kids running around McDonald's like, witness me! Witness me! He's running up to other guests. <laughs> Make the playscape very interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bunch of little kids huffing paint in the ball pit. That'd be awesome. I mean, that's what <laughs> they do anyway. Witness me. That's why they don't have ball pits anymore. Or even scarier, have have Ronald McDonald on one of those uh, one of those poles. 
Have him swinging back and forth. Hello, everybody. Like, ah! No, Ronald McDonald would be a Morton Joe with the red oh, hair. Oh, yeah, he of is a Morton Joe. Ooh, let's, <laughs> let's cast the... Uh, okay, so Mayor McCheese is definitely the people eater. Yes. <laughs> Def- oh, it's Grimace. Oh, it's Grimace? Yeah, Grimace, say, Grimace, yeah, Grimace. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. It's just because Grimace has a... The Hamburglar would be the, the bullet farmer. Yeah. Yep. I could see yeah. that. Rabble, rabble. Yeah. Rabble, rabble. Because the people eater has to be purple. Yes. 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 Yeah. One eyed, one more blind, pur- purple people. Purple eater. people. Eater. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Which I see uh, in my head every time we talk about the damn people eater. The doof would be one of the fry guys. Whoever no, that is. No, the ha- fry guys could be the war, the, the, the war guy, the war pups the and war stuff, boys. you know? Yeah, because the there's a boys. lot of them. There are yeah, a lot around. of fry guys. Well, now the fry kids. Or either, too. The, either the fry kids or the, the chicken nuggets would be the war, war boys. <gasps> chicken nuggets. Those little, those little, uh, the little, little squishy nuggets. toys. Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. Well, who else is there? We said them all. No, there's uh, there's a couple other ones. Oh, that birdie, birdie. Bird. She would she, be she would be uh, Furiosa. Furiosa. Yeah, yeah. She'd be missing an arm, a wing, <laughs> a wing. She'd have a mechanical wing. I think instead of having the McDonald's characters be our protagonists, you take Furiosa, replace her with Wendy from Wendy's. Oh. Max would be like. Uh, either Jack from Jack in the Box or, or the Burger, Burger King. King or something well, yeah, like that. Yeah, if we're that. adding in this, yeah, we're, if we're adding these things, you've now opened up a whole new world. Yeah, it's a whole new world right I there. I mean, yeah. the, the Colonel's got to be in there somewhere, right? The Colonel oh. would be Mad Max. Oh, the, but the, the new one where it's like always some actor that they've just yeah, rotating through. Yeah, that's why it's a different... Every Tom Hardy, scene... Tom Hardy dressed up as the Colonel playing It's Tom Hardy in this scene, but in another scene, it's a Still completely Tom different Hardy. Colonel and no one talks about it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, I like this. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> War chicken would sounds awesome. And it's just like War they make it. They've got to figure out a way to make it black. Like they would have to blacken the chicken to where it's black. And oh, like, War, in Japan they have those chickens that are all black. Yeah, yeah. including the, the meat. And then they do like squid the ink Halloween or something ones. to dye. Yeah, it they have black. the Halloween's where they dye everything black. Yeah, I'll yeah. oh, be so cool. This is another. This is another thing uh, we get to see right before uh, uh, R.I.P. Uh, the body and the carcass of the people eater. We get to see his really pretty flourished uh, gas pedal, which has an S on it. Is that an S or is that just a pattern? Oh, that looks to me like it looks like a money symbol, a dollar sign, it like an American it? dollar sign. It is. It is. Oh, That's exactly I what like it is. That. It's oh, made out of quarters awesome. or it's on coins or something. Yeah. I also like love the luxurious shag carpeting in the they're bottom. They're like of the dimes. Car. I think I want to say they're dimes or like something that's dime shaped in quarters. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, this is going to be Australian currency. Yeah. Loonies. Wait, did you say loonies? Yeah, that's what they call. That's right? Canada. Canadian. <laughs> Goonies. <laughs> I don't know what Canadian currency is called. It's probably a pound. A wallaby. Yeah. A Barbie. The shrimp. I think they do have dollars in Australia. No, they're, they're Dundees. They're yeah. Dundees over there. They're, yeah, they're Dundees and Einstein. Hey, Luther, can you check and see how much money I got in my wallet? <laughs> I'm bringing in bits from Billy show. from the other movie into your He's show. Bringing in it's Billy. a lot easier. He's the only Australian person I know. So it's oh Billy. Crocodile Dundee. Uh, can Wolverine. we talk about that foot? That foot. He needs to see a doctor. Oh, yeah. We. Well, I think it's a little late. Yeah, we saw a bit of that foot earlier Ugh. when the war boys were tending to it, just kind of cleaning it up and getting the grime out of the foot. Was that the same but, foot or is that a, does he have both are both bad or is one bad? That bad. I think it's just the one that's that bad. I don't recall yeah. seeing his left foot being quite so bad. <sighs> yeah. Because I'm pretty like sure said, that's what, his right foot. 
I, I think I'm. That, yeah. I think that's think a big toe. I'm looking. That's his left, is it? Yeah, because it's on the left side of him. Yeah, yeah. his left the, foot. The logistics of what foot. Max is doing here with okay. the people. No, you're right. It's, it's, it's his right, right foot. because his toe, his big yeah, toe, his toe. big toe is there. Yeah, yeah. You're right. No, it is his right. Yes, you're right. And it is called the the Australian dollar, Jonathan, not the loony. Ah, that's terrible. <laughs> we call it the Australian dollar. All right. Thanks. Yes, we know, Billy. Go back to your movie. <laughs> you really need to stop locking actors in your basement. Uh, our, our closets are so full. Our closet's full, man. <laughs> we got two closets full of people. This is an interesting scene because they're still using the polecats. Let's talk about the polecats. Can we talk about the polecats? All right. Well, real quick before we get to the polecats. Okay. The significant look that I mentioned at the top of today's episode that I mentioned at the end of Monday's episode happens right here at the top where... Max catches sight of Furiosa and she looks like someone who got stabbed. And he's like, oh, dang, she looks like someone who got stabbed. And then the people eaters limousine. I'm going to say that this is just a preliminary explosion. It's just external bits are exploding in giant fireballs, which inspires Max to abandon ship, throw the people eaters big gross foot on the pedal and then leap from the top of the people eaters limo. Like, this is not the People Eaters limo exploding for real. This is just the amuse-bouche mm-hmm. of explosions that we're looking at here. Well, it has to blow up in stages because you said it was a refinery. So the crude stuff in the back blew up. Now we're going to the middle part that's like a little more refined. So it slowly burns a little slower. Yeah. And then we're getting up closer and closer. And then at a certain point, we're going to get to the gasoline and also the nitrous. There's nitrous in those cars somewhere. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, because it doesn't go full boom until he's, he swings past it. Yeah, there's a few seconds still until it really goes cataclysmic. Yeah, because once when he when he pulls over to the to Furiosa, and that's when it blows. <laughs> so Max is able to get off the People Eaters limo, and he lands onto the war rig. And for the slightest moment, he's back where he belongs. Mm-hmm. I do yep. like that the wives, specifically Cheeto and a bit the Dag, but mostly Cheeto, are now watching out more closely for the polecats. Yeah. They try and warn him and they try and stop it because a few minutes ago they were completely oblivious to what the polecats could do and they lost toast because of it. Mm-hmm. So now they're a bit more on guard. What's crazy about these polecats is just how strong their grip is. Yeah. I wonder if they're wearing little things like little like clampy clamps, like a yeah. little like spiky, you know, like something where they kind of, you know, they grab you, but it's really, you're really being kind of like imp- impaled a little. Like a carabiner. Yeah. No, like, um... You know how they have, like in the old Sky Mall magazines, they used to have little hand pads that with little hooks little on them, hooks. and yeah. they're supposed to make you feel like a ninja to better climb a wall. You know, something that guys who live in their basements and want to pretend they're ninjas would buy. Incels. Yeah, we got yeah. it. Yeah. So they probably have like these little hook hand pad things. They probably raided a Sky Mall warehouse somehow, and <laughs> they have all of these weird things because they're That's hooked reasonable. onto the pole. So they have their hands free. So they just get their claws into these people. Because, I mean, lifting Zoe Kravitz out of the war rig, that's one thing. That's easy. Max is something else entirely. We estimated earlier that he's like 180. At least. Yeah. Mad Max? Oh, I bet he's 200 fit. I bet he's like two something, yeah. He's a thick boy. He is. (laughs) And then he's got all that stuff on him as well. So he's got to be like... 220, 225. Yeah, he's yeah, wearing he's like he's wearing down. like half football uniform plus exactly. all <laughs> Plus, uh, I don't know what else, but he isn't wearing a sleeve. Maybe that thins him out a little bit. You know, it's he's over 200. <laughs> As a guy that pushes 225 at all times, that he's easily 200 pounds. He's not a tall man, but he's like 
muscular. Yeah. And muscle weighs more than fat. They don't spend too much time on the initial pull as Max is being picked up. And I mm-hmm. saw some behind-the-scenes stuff where they were practicing this with Tom Hardy, and they basically did the shot with Tom Hardy where he's close up hanging on the side of the war rig, and then when you get to the low angle with the mm-hmm. sky behind you, that's the stunt double getting picked up into the sky. Boom. And then it's the stunt double as he's going up over, and as they come down close to the road, you can't see Max's face very well as it's coming down, but that actually is happening for real. That is polecat performer, stuntman, and they are moving at speed. They're not going yeah. as fast as they look in here. They're probably sure. going closer to 15 miles an hour still but there are behind the scenes shots of them practicing this shot here and you know sometimes they go a little bit low and this stunt man who's doing max he gets clipped by the ground a little bit and it pulls at his jacket but 90 percent of the stunts in this movie are real including this one where they swing down real close to the ground i wish they had followed Tom Hardy as he went up. I wish there was a rig on Tom Hardy, like from his body, maybe like a foot out with like a like you see his like like his face doesn't move. It's one of those shots where you're almost like doing a cameras on one of those ghost hunter type. Yeah, like it's on it. Yeah, ghost hunter. There's something here. I can't hear something here. (laughs) And and what he does is he. uh, Yeah. And then when he's pulled up, you see his face and all you see are the surroundings around him. And the and the guy behind him holding yeah. him and like ah, you know doing stuff. I think that would be in a fun. Oh my gosh. It that, probably would have been harder to do because it would have thrown the balance off of that that pole. Mm. But but yeah, I agree. That would have been a great shot. It would have been hardy to do. Yeah, it would have been hardy <laughs> to do exactly. <laughs> now now when I actually shot a, a chase sequence, not like this, but something you know, two cars chasing each other and somebody jumping from one car to the other, we did shoot it like they were going like twenty five miles an hour. And then we sped it up and made it look like they were going like 80. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I mean, even when you watch the footage of this, it is, you know, they're still going pretty fast. I mean, any car going over like 10, 15 miles an hour is pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it for the big wide shot, and we'll get to that wide shot here in a second, you can tell they're definitely not moved because they didn't speed up. Also, a lot of it's just camera and, uh, you know, sound editing that's allowing you to think that it's faster. Yeah. yeah. When you look at it, you're like, oh, they're really not. I mean, they're 50 miles an hour is still fast enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe uh, that was just on um, a podcast that was talking about speed too. Uh, that Rob Lumley's uh, a free podcast, and they were talking about how fast it was when it hit the town in Speed Two. It hit it like fifteen miles an hour because that was like the fastest the boat could go. Yeah, that's still enough to destroy things. Like inertia of mm-hmm. something that big at fifteen miles an hour will kill you. So it's still still dangerous. That's what I think. Yeah. Now this close up that we get of Tom Hardy with his head inches above the ground that one was filmed standing still and then they digitally made the ground move underneath it because they didn't want to actually hold tom hardy's face that close to the ground as it was speeding by because they saw when they were using the stuntman that there was a thing where if you don't get it just right you are going to hit the ground i'm sure tom was like yeah let me do it let me do it yeah, there's another yeah. Tom I know that would allow you to do would allow you to put his face as close to the ground as you want to be. Just saying, <laughs> you guys got the wrong Tom. <laughs> our our Tom is all for it. You want to grind my face to the ground? Cool, let's do it. Yes. I'd like to see Tom Hardy be one of the bad guys in the seventh Mission Impossible. Oh yeah, movie. well he's got oh, yeah. kind of a King Stash vibe. He's kind of like uh, yeah. he's definitely got that King Stash like 
like thing. Like those two together, it'd be funny if he was the stunt man. If uh, I, I forgot King Sash's real name, if um, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill yeah. was his stunt man in this movie, they both have the same body type. They're both real stocky and small. Like they're not Henry, tall. Ca- Henry Cavill's kind of tall though. He's like is six he? two. No, Cavill's yeah. nice and tall. Is he? Yeah. I thought he was yeah, like five, just, six feet tall. No, he just looks that way in the movie, but he's like hmm. he's like six one, six two. That's why he's Superman or was. Yeah, Tom Hardy's only like what five ten and a half, five five three. Yeah, it's five three. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny wee man. Tom Hardy always looks like Wolverine size to me. He's he, he always looks stocky because he's he's a again he's a thick boy. <laughs> You're one of the thick British boys. Oh, I love boys. the way you say that. He's awesome. Julia, do you think that Tom Hardy would make a good Wolverine to replace Hugh Jackman? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, I do. I do. Uh, yeah, I he do. does fit the body type. He is short and stocky, which is more the comic book body type, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also has this brooding thing going on that also seems appropriate for Wolverine. I mean, he spent most of the beginning of this movie being very animalistic and growling a lot. Yes. Yeah. I could see Tom Hardy saying, bub. Yeah, he'd be good as like a younger would, one. He would be a meaner Wolverine. Yeah. Well, you know, the MCU version of, of Wolverine now that... The, right. The, 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 the 20th Century Fox one is dead. Now um, that they can use the X-Men now. Exactly. <laughs> well, especially after this most recent movie, they're going to have no problems redoing all their movies because this... Oh, the, yeah. It's garbage. As of taping, this movie has... Tanked. I haven't even gone out yet. It's to tanked. See it. Every, every review I've read is, this is terrible. Don't go see it. Yeah. To everybody listening in the future when these episodes are coming out, oh man, that Dark Phoenix movie, huh? Yeah. We all know about that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some parts of it are fun, but, uh, you know, it's the same thing I had the problem with with that Apocalypse version. That apocalypse, that when apocalypse was in the movies, I was just like, this well, I, you know, to me, it's like I've seen this one. I saw Last Stand. It's the, every everything in the trailer just screams Last Stand. I mean, exactly. Oh, why would you want to do the worst movie ever made again? Huh. Should get Even George the Miller train to do thing, it. I'm like, they were they were on in, in a eighteen wheeler only, you know, back then. Imagine it, George it Miller me. doing that if he if he'd got to do a X Men movie. Mm. How gritty mm. it would be. Yeah, It'd be nice. What movie it, were we talking about that that George Miller was supposed to do? And then Justice, the Justice League. League. That yeah. would have been cool. Yeah, there he was would, another one too. Oh, Contact. He was going to do Contact. Yeah, he was going to yes. do Contact. Oh. Yeah, and got bribed out of it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but he but he did Babe Pig in the City. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. It's so I love gritty. Babe Pig in the City. So gritty. It is gritty. <laughs> I don't know. You know that, <laughs> that Babe. Uh, you know that the the pig that played Babe is only five three. Also, <laughs> L- little fact. Hey, sometimes your short stature works to your advantage. Yeah, yeah. They, they throw him in the Mission Impossible movies to cover for Tom Cruise with the real dangerous stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a human analog with his meat. Right. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> a, a human analog? What? <laughs> <laughs> analog. <laughs> analog? What? Not enough. <laughs> Hey, that's anal- enough. Now, that's the good name for the uh, meat eaters, or the pe- person eaters limo. The anal yeah. hog. The anal hog. Or the hog. I'd have been good with the hog. That'd have been a great yeah. name. Boss hog. <gasps> boss hog, another portly gentleman who's mean. Yeah. Yes, that, that's who the people eater always reminds me of, is boss hog. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There's obvious reason that they never put the people eater up on one of these polecat poles. Oh, come on. Which is a good <laughs> thing, because... Max is dealing hey, with this one polecat that he's working him. on. Yeah. Rick, what's wrong with you? I'm just trying to get us back on track. Go for it. You, keep, <laughs> you go keep us on track. I'm going to pull these transitions 
out of the ether as best I can. You're going to polecat your way down there and grab yeah. onto a transition and pull us out. So Max is hanging off this pole, fighting this polecat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know necessarily where Max gets the knife that he uses to cut this guy free. I think he like pulls it out of his leg or off the guy's belt. But either way, he's able to cut this polecat free. And he rolls underneath the tires of the doof wagon. But we're quickly distracted as Max flies up to the apex of his arc by the explosion of the People Eater's limo. And this is the real one, not any of the cosmetic outside explosions. No, this is the one for real. And when I say for real, I mean that they actually did blow up the People Eater's limo in real life. It's just the other vehicles that are around it that were digitally added in later because they didn't want to burn any of their stuntmen alive. George Miller, he's so considerate yeah. of, you know, human beings. So they filmed the People Eaters limo driving along, it exploding and doing all of that stuff, and then they just put it into the other people around it and posted. This explosion here, I mentioned on Monday that it's essentially the same thing as the compound explosion from the Road Warrior, except rolling in motion. And it is so spectacular that even Max turns around to look at it like, oh, well, would you look at that? I can definitely see when I pause it at 29 seconds, there is definitely some digitalness added to the explosion. It's so pretty because on the edges, it's like black. Yeah. Black smoke, but the middle is this beautiful red and yellow. Yeah, it's almost too vibrant and crisp. Yeah. I mean, everything and, in and this, this movie is the was shot. Red. This is yeah. from the yeah. trailer. This is the. Yeah, this was the trailer shot. Because I remember when I saw the trailer, I'm like, why is he on that pole? I don't care. Cool. It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just him, like, going, oh, look at that. And then going, you know. He can he can notice something beautiful in the middle of this. Does this feel a little silly to anybody else? <laughs> yes. Well, I dare say a little doofy. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It feels like it wants to be a little tiny bit of a comic moment. Well, it's like when Furiosa and Max were trying to get out of the bog and the tanker rolled away and it left the two of them looking at each other. Yes. It's the yes, same sort it is of thing. the same thing. Yeah, it's the absurdness of this. It's the, that just blew up. Yeah. And it's absurd that I'm on this stick and I'm going back down. And like, he gets back in the truck. It's like, well, the movie's just going to continue. Like, this is our one second. It's basically a two second shot. A a two second shot of just, "Hmm, here you go, Mad Max fans. (laughs) This one's for you. A chance for Max to look at this and be like, well, I did say it was going to be a hard day. Yep. That's how I sold this plan. <laughs> Continues to be hard. <laughs> like, oh, look, we're in a Mad Max movie. And we take this spectacular explosion and we go way outside of our current scope to find a bunch of rock riders sitting in their canyon and they're just chilling out and they hear the explosion and they turn and you can see the huge smoke cloud in the distance. These are just guys hanging out licking their wounds after dealing with the war rig and the war parties come through their territory and all that stuff. They're just hanging out. And then they look and they're like, what is going on next door? Yeah, this goes back to Julia saying it's a comedic moment. This is <laughs> almost a wily e. Coyote, the little poof in the distance you hear at the bottom of the cliff, like the poof. Yep. Because <laughs> that's what, I mean, There's to them, it's like, oh, that was nothing. But to these guys, they're like, what just made an explosion so big that we just noticed it? <laughs> this actually reminds me of something back from Road Warrior when Max is 
interceptor flipped over a couple times and ended up exploding. And Max is crawling away. Certain death is upon him. And here comes the gyro captain. Mm -hmm. And we were like, how the heck did he know to come? And so we talked about how far away Max was and hearing the explosion and seeing the smokestack. So now we actually get to see the faraway party actually see it and feel it and hear it. Yeah. Also, let's talk about these guys. The What'd you call them? The rum runners? The... These are the rock riders. Rock riders. Rock riders. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. After the last chase, they just stop where they are and just sit out and sunbathe until. Yeah. That's like they don't they don't go out of their own territory even a smidge. No, there's no need for them so, to. Two things. One, that's the definition of territory. You don't yeah. go outside of it. <laughs> but okay. Yes. <laughs> their entire lives are lived inside that territory. They don't care about what happens outside their territory. Yeah. The they're reason, only... They're, they're not too far from their territory, these other It just seems are, like they can't went through it, so I figured they would, like, chase them a little farther out of it. I know they stop, and but now they're, like, they're not even fuming. They're not even like, well, yeah, we'll get those guys to come back through. They're just like, eh, okay. It's been two days. Mm-hmm. They just have gone back to living their lives. Yeah. They're just sitting down, passing time, making a meal. Yeah. This is what they do. The whole reason... The whole reason that the Rock Riders chased the rig in the first place is because they wanted the fuel pod. Right. And they lost so many guys chasing after the war rigs just because Furiosa was there shooting them and picking them off. As soon as the fuel pod exploded, the Rock Riders stopped chasing. There was no point in them keeping up the pursuit because the one thing that they were after was gone. And so, yeah. It's been two days and they just said, well, you know, hey, that whole deal with Furiosa to get that fuel pod, that really went sideways, didn't it? Yeah, it totally did. Well, hey, you hungry? You want to make lunch? Yeah, let's let's do that. And I mean, if there's no one currently going through their canyon, they might as well be hanging out in the sun. Taking hey, Cliff, a nap. Hey, Cliff, you want to put your foot up? Put your foot up. Yeah. I'm naming, him Cliff. I'm naming him Cliff because they're rock riders. And so all their names are named after uh, rock structures. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's Cliff, Quartz. Uh, gravel and pebble. He's just the little guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are named Rock. No, that's two on the nose. Um, well, I was thinking Rock Hudson, so it's an actual first name. They don't know who Rock Hudson is. They were born after in the dark times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're very curious as to what is coming because the last time they had a bunch of people come through, it was just a whole kerfuffle. I would see I think here's my problem they blew up like a bunch of things blew up not only them there were also war rig stuff that got blown up by them I'm amazed they're not scavenging I know it's been two days but I'm still amazed they're not scavenging all that stuff there has to be tons of stuff left there the first I suspect that that's a different group of rock riders yeah like Like a salvage team yeah like this group are the defenders these the are the scouts. BMX bike guys, right, not, the, exactly. not the little spiky turtle guys. And they probably have black thumbs who go out and pick what they want, take it back to some sort of central camp. Yeah. One thing that I kind of like is when you pause at second 42 of this minute, you're overlooking the canyon and you can see the natural rock arch and there are giant piles of rock on either side of the arch from where the war boys came and moved the rock slide out of the way so that the war party could go through. I like it. I also like that you can hear the doof warrior in the distance. Yes. And it's so faint. It really drives home that you really feel like they are hearing it from a distance. This is also where the doof warrior music comes back into play in this 
past couple of minutes. We've been hearing kind of like it's always there because it's like ambient noise. Yeah. Especially during the fight. But this is where it comes back in and you're reminded, oh, yeah, it's part of the score. Like whatever <laughs> the doof plays, the score matches him. So I like the diegetic sound along with the score coming in together. And this is where it comes back in. Like you hear the disc like and then it gets back to them. It's like it's just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so as we rejoin the war party, Max has swung over and he is so close to grabbing onto the war rig and getting back onto it. And I have to wonder, he is probably five, six feet above the war rig when that pole gets to its lowest point before it swings back up again. Is it worth letting go of the pole and dropping that five, six foot distance to hopefully land on top of the war rig and grab onto it? Or is it better to hold on and go to the other side? I think that he could have dropped the last few feet if that apex was expected. It wasn't expected. Left to its own devices, I think that pole would have gone over more. And he was waiting for it to go over more because that's what it felt like it was going to do. It didn't because there's a person on the bottom of that pole manipulating it. Mm. And who was trying to not let the pole get all the way back to the rig. I agree. I think the yeah. pole now is like, oh, I can't let him back on that truck. So I think Max's plan was to let it get to its furthest point and then drop. Yeah. But yeah. it reached its furthest point early because it was being manipulated. Mm. So he was unprepared. So rather than take the risky drop, he rides it back all the way over the center point, and he finds himself dropping onto the back of the doof wagon. With the percussionists. Yes. Do they have names? They're no. just the drummers, but their upper bodies are painted white. They've got mm. these sackcloth looking mask things with dark brown Jinko pants. And it looks to me like they're scrambling to attack Max, but we never actually see them fight Max. So I have to wonder if there was like some sort of fight scene planned that we didn't get to see. Yeah, you're right. At second 52, yeah. they stand up like to attack him. Like they're going to jump over the drums and start using their drum mallets to just like whack him. Maybe they stood up in surprise and then realized, oh, wait, we're not fighters. <laughs> like, that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, my gosh. And then go, oh, I'm just going to hide here behind my drum. <laughs> I don't want to fight you. Are they sitting in like plastic chairs that you'd find at a it looks like you find like a high school at second 51? You can kind of see one of them at the top right. He's sitting in one. They look very comfortable. Yeah, like little bucket seats. Yeah, they are bucket seats, aren't yeah. they? It also looks like they might have seat belts. No, I think it's just a strap holding the seat down. That's the oh, point. I like that there's a strap holding the seat down, but they don't think in any way, maybe I should have one. Yeah. <laughs> the doof wagon is the weirdest shape. I freaking love the giant ductwork that the drums feed down into. So you're pounding on the skin of the drums and it's just going into the ductwork. To make to it louder. Amplify it so much. That is very cool. And these drums are huge, massive. And also, the Doof Warrior needs to be able to feel the beat. Exactly. That's one of the things that was brought up. Like, the Doof Warrior is blind. And the Doof Warrior spends all of his time in front of a wall of speakers. So he can't really hear very well. So how does he get the orders to play a certain thing in order to convey a thing? He listens to the bass of the drums. So that do you think sense. there's, like, a drum major? Yeah, I think the dudes on the back, those are the ones that are actually, like, calling the shots, like, getting the orders for the Doof Warrior to pass on. And so they drum out a certain beat. 
And the Doof Warrior just feels that bass. And that's how he knows to play whatever he needs to play. I like that idea. And the guitar would come out like a treble, right? I don't really know my music yeah. words. But so you've got the bass and the treble. Both are felt and heard in different ways and have different ranges. So everybody would be able to get something. Yeah. I think we might have solved it. <laughs> I hope that's right. <laughs> or that's at least it. Movie's the, over. We figured it out. We figured it out. Stamp on Moving it. Moving on. We're done. Now we just need to figure out where glass comes from. Then we're good. <laughs> we can wrap up the show forever. It's not for lack of sand. I like that it comes through those giant ductwork like you guys were talking about, but it comes out in six horns. Six little horns. Is that where the percussion's coming out of? Or is that something else behind the Doof? I may have added more questions. I'm sorry. I may have added yet more questions to the Doof Warrior <laughs> yeah, keep problem. Keep going then. Yeah. Uh, the, well, the, the, there's four trumpets. There's well, there's two, four oh. like brass trumpets, yep. and two what look like loudspeakers. Mm-hmm. To say nothing of the wall of speakers, the giant ductwork box things come out, and then there's just a wall of speakers inside each box. Right. So like, really, uh, who knows what the heck is going on with this thing? The important thing is that there's a crazy guy in red pajamas out on front of it with a electric guitar that is just throwing flames. Willy well, Morton's got to have his theme music, man. Exactly. I want to know what those horns are. <laughs> is that the horn of the truck? Does the truck have its own horns? That's just like that's just like like that's oh. like just trucker horn. Like that's not part of the musical part. I don't know. I gotta I ju- wonder. Does the Doof Wagon have one of those musical horns? Like, they oh, pull on God, the thing, so. and it's like... Nah, 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 nah. Like, do, like the General <laughs> Lee does. I think that the Doof Warrior would be insulted by that. <laughs> <laughs> or they got, like, the one from, uh, what, Endgame? Ha, 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 Goes yeah. off, and it comes off in the middle of nowhere. It'd probably be something more Australian, like Waltzing Matilda or something like that. <laughs> You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) I don't know if that's actually Waltzing Matilda. Yeah, I was waiting for a sample. Waltzing Matilda. (laughs) Is that that how you sing it? I don't know how you sing it. Waltzing Matilda. I tell you one thing, though. The first thing that popped into my head when Max dropped off that pole was another happy landing. Just like (laughs) Obi-Wan. You know, the doof has a high ground on that one. (laughs) <laughs> no, Max does. Max does. Max has the high ground. We come to the end of today's minute with the war party condensing down because they are about to go into the canyon, but we won't actually be entering the canyon until Friday's minute. So I'm going to put a pin in this for today. We mm. will come back on Friday. The chase will return to the Rock Riders Canyon and Morton Joe will break check the war rig and Furiosa will turn control of the rig over to Nux. The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our Tee Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full. Thank you for joining us for Minute 101 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time.